Hello Coffee Catch-Up listeners. We hope you're enjoying Coffee Catch-Ups and we've got another fantastic episode for you which will begin in just a few moments. Uh, now this week we are talking about mission, specifically mission abroad, and we have a wonderful guest on called Esther who's going to tell us all about her work with a company called Latin Link. However, we record Coffee Catch-Ups on Zoom and this week we had a little bit of audio errors with Zoom, so Esther's audio is a little bit crackly. Now we do apologize for this and we've done everything we can to help reduce that crackle, but there's only so much that we can do. Um, However, we hope that you will continue to listen because uh, the content of this recording is absolutely fabulous. God bless and here's the episode. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Coffee Catch-Ups with me, Tanya Wiley. And me, Amelia Beaumont. Coffee Catch-Ups is a Christian podcast all about life in your 20s and also about being a Christian and how you navigate some of the issues that come with that. Um, Just to just to let you know we are not theologians or preachers but we are two people who love Jesus and are just trying to live for him. Now this week we have a uh, very special guest. Amelia would you like to introduce our special guest? I would love to introduce our special guest. Guys this week we are so blessed to have the lovely Esther Stansfield with us from Latin Link. Esther how are you doing? Hello good evening I'm, I'm good thank you thanks for having me on. Yeah, oh, it's great so good so good um and guys if you're enjoying coffee catch-up studios have a a like follow subscribe uh review and everything um (laughs) and get the word out there uh so amelia i believe you went on a gap year you know what how did you know because i never talk about it you never talk about it you've never talked about it before (laughs) in the podcast um never what what was that all about what did you do on that what would you call that your gap year what would I call it? Yeah. Um, I mean, <laughs> it's sure it caught me out there what you're going to say. What would I call it? Um, I would call it mission. Yes, enough. that's what we were going um, to. Brilliant. We were going uh, crowbarring that segue in. Um, this week, <laughs> we are talking about mission. And there is a reason that we have the very wonderful Esther with us. Um, so Esther, would you like to tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do and if you have a sort of connection to the word mission. (laughs) Thanks. Yeah, my name's Esther Stansfield um, and I work for a mission agency, actually, funny enough, um, called Latin Link. Um, And for those of you who don't know what Latin Link is, it's a multi-directional mission agency. So we send from everywhere to everywhere, well, primarily between Latin America and Europe. Um, And uh, it's all about connecting people with their calling and partnering with the church in Latin America and in Europe to, to, to share the love of God in practical ways uh, through integral mission. So, My role in that is um, I, I head up the mobilization department in Latin Link. So um, I do quite a lot of kind of talking about Latin Link's ministry um, and helping people to maybe connect yeah, that calling with opportunities out there in the field, as it were. So good. Love um, the work that Latin Link does as well. That's just amazing. Um, so how, in terms of, you know, kind of kicking off, how do we define mission? Yeah, I think a really good place to start with with what mission is, is to look at the, like, the words of Jesus and what Jesus calls us to do. And I think one of the the key things that, that Jesus literally tells us to do is go and be fishers of men. Mm. Um 
And so, and that is, you know, sharing the kingdom of God with people and hopefully drawing them also into the kingdom of God, into relationship with Jesus. Um, and so, uh, although I think, you know, mission might have come to mean a lot of things like um, missionaries and going out into different countries and everything, but primarily it's about, uh, well, my understanding of it is about sharing um the love of Jesus and and bringing people into the kingdom, um, which can be done from wherever you are, um, but particularly about kind of spreading it far and wide. And a lot of the New Testament follows the the, the work of amazing missionaries like uh, Paul and and Timothy and people like that. Absolutely, and I, I think what I what I understand from my probably very limited kind of the, in a theological sense. Um, knowledge of mission is like generally it kind of it just gives direction to our evangelism I, I think you know when you look at the the overarching big story you know of the bible there is this huge meta narrative isn't there that you know our god is ascending god you know right from right at the beginning at the, at the burning bush you know when he um reveals himself to moses you know and says I am a God who sees, you know, I'm seeing the suffering of my people. I hear their cries. I am filled with compassion. And so I have come down to rescue them. And then he throws a curveball in at the end and says, and so I send you. And so we've got this 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 pattern throughout the whole Bible of this amazing God who is sovereign, who could do it on his own, but chooses to invite us, underqualified as we are, to step into his big story and play our part in that. And I think it's so encouraging when we look at the kind of very ordinary flawed people he uses the whole way through the Bible. You know, Moses is a prime example, isn't he? He was a murderer. He was having an identity crisis. He's run away from his problems. He wasn't in a good place. And God chooses him to speak up to Pharaoh and to lead the people out. And that that is just a beautiful picture, I think, of, of the God that we serve, who is this sending God. And that, that sending pattern runs the whole way through the Bible all down the New Testament and the fact that we get to be part of that is just really exciting uh, because he partners with us and calls us to participate in that yeah so good <laughs> so, so good. good and I love like actually that's a, it's such a good example that you use of Moses because I think it really shows like because often we I think we associate the word mission with the New Testament and Paul mm -hmm. which you know which is correct mm -hmm. but also it is a pattern throughout the old testament and i think it really just shows actually this starts with god this doesn't start with us um actually you know god's heart is a missional heart um he wants people to come into relationship with him um which is essentially again what mission is is, is bringing people into that and and sharing him um but yeah i love that and i think you know especially when we think about who like you say who we are um, these weak, flawed people, the fact that God can still use us and calls us into that is beautiful. It's so miraculous. Um, and there's, there's a passage actually that I found earlier that I really love. Um, it's just two verses from Acts 13. Um, it's Acts 13, 2 and 3. It says, while they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called, to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. And it's just like, it's just this really, it seems so simplistic, but the Holy Spirit gives them this calling to Barnabas and Saul. I don't know a lot about Barnabas, but obviously um, Saul is who later becomes Paul. 
um he had previously been like killing christians and was he literally calls himself within the new testament the worst of sinners um and yet you know after this conversion that he has amazingly like god still has a purpose for him um and again like you know the simplicity of those two verses the holy spirit gives this mission and then they go and that's Mm -hmm. it it's just this incredible obedience Actually, it reminds me a bit like what you were saying, Esther, um, that the beginning of that is they spent what they were spending time in worship and prayer. And then the Holy Spirit moved and told them to send out um, what, what Barnabas and, and so um, and and that's like just what you're saying. You've got it got it's got to start with God first. You've got you know, he it's got to be his mission, not yours. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's really interesting because we're just talking about like the the call to mission and and what is that can you guys who have both done kind of like um abroad mission mission abroad um talk us through if there was a a moment or what the journey was with god where you realized that he was calling you to latin link or yeah take Mm. take the floor guys um and for me, um, as a very young child, I was always fascinated by people who were sharing stories of what was happening around the world. So that was when I was most awake, you know, at church. It was when a missionary would come and talk about things that were actually happening, where they were seeing uh, people's lives being changed, where they were bringing help and healing. And, uh, and, and, and I remember thinking, oh my goodness, this actually still happens today. Because I, I was also really into reading about missionaries from the past. So I used to read books about people like Gladys Aylward, you know, who's a missionary to China um, and uh, people like that. And I was really inspired by them. But I think in my head, you know, I thought that was all in the past. And then it was just so inspiring that people would come to my church and, and talk about where they'd just been and how they'd just been serving. So that really stirred something in me when I was very young. I mean, I'm talking like seven, eight, nine, ten. Wow. And, yeah. and, and God really built on that then, you know, that obviously was when the seed was really planted. Um, and for me, then when I became um, a student, uh, I met other Christians who had also maybe traveled and, and, and been in, in, in places which I was actually quite a fearful person. I was quite anxious about going to. I didn't think I'd really anything to offer and I wasn't sure whether I had the nerve to go and do it. And God very much, I remember um, one night at a particular meeting, um, I remember God just uh, through through that story with Moses actually, just saying to me, "You you just you just give me your yes, you know, and I and I'll do the rest. You don't have to be the full package. You don't have to uh, be be sorted or flawless or or qualified. You just give me your yes." And I remember then saying, "Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this." And I um, ended up going to Uganda in East Africa for nine months, mm-hmm. uh, teaching in a school there. And I learned just so much there about injustice, you know, about uh, Christians who just because they happen to live in a particular part of the world were more likely to have HIV AIDS, were more likely to die of malaria, had malnutrition, had horrendous issues with unclean water. I had to live the way the local people lived. I, I went down and collected my water every morning. I had no electricity. I, I really was exposed to how most of the world live and it completely opened my eyes, changed my heart, blew blew me away. And it really fueled my faith to be alongside Christians in that school who were just relying on God for everything and trusted in him for things and didn't have all the comforts that I had. 
and had a faith that was just so real and so inspiring. So that that set me set me on a different, very different path. Um, and I ended up uh, then going to be with Oxfam campaigns for a year, uh, doing campaigning and advocacy, but then moving into Tier Fund youth and student um, team uh, and ended up staying at Tier Fund for 10 years actually doing a lot of kind of taking students um, away on exposure trips so that they too could have that experience of understanding injustice and, and getting involved when they got back. And I, I really did find God, yeah, give me a heart for advocacy and campaigning. So I got really involved in organizing a, a lifestyle campaign, looking at our consumerism as Christians. So we went out to Bangladesh, we visited sweatshops, we visited um, uh, tea plantations and looked at how workers were being treated and then came back and set up a campaign called Lift the Label, where we encourage Christians to connect their, their lifestyle choices with their call to serve the poor and with God's heart for justice. And so through that, I met my husband, Ben, who had been away with Latin Link years before on, on the step team, a short term team to Nicaragua and had had his whole life very much changed by that experience. Again, totally inspired by the Christians he met there, really changed in terms of his life perspective and really inspired to want to do something to then, uh, you know, enable and empower other people to, to, to get involved um, in missions. So uh, the two of us kind of our lives converged then at Tear Fund and we ended up actually going to Central America for a few years to work uh, alongside um, uh, projects there, mission projects there. I was working alongside a women's project, kind of looking at domestic violence um, uh, and sexual violence um, and helping them with some campaigning tools and things that I'd kind of learnt at my tier fun time and my Oxfam time. Um, and then when we got back from that time in Honduras and Guatemala, God really gave me such a heart for that region um, and, I, and wanting to stay connected with that region. And so when the role came up with Latin Link a, a few years later, I just felt such a such a pull to, to, to go uh, for that because I really knew God was kind of joining the dots. It really felt like God was saying, OK, that's not in the past. Here's a role where you can, you know, help to connect other people with their calling to go and serve in that area. Just, it's honestly like I mean your your title your job title head of mobilization is just so apt for you because every time like obviously like you know we've known each other for a couple of years now and every time I've heard you speak about mission it's it's almost like a call to action um but in the most beautiful kind of like loving way oh, um, it's, it's wonderful and like to hear uh, it, I essentially yours so far is, it's been a missional life is is the way that you can just sum it up because it's just like you know you you're constantly you've been saying yes to God over and over again but it you know but it, it really is a calling and it's something that you can really tell that God's placed on your heart um and I think that is again like that's a real core of mission whether that's mission at home in the home field or whether that's abroad mm -hmm. it has to be a heart cry like you know actually what God does is he places certain people certain groups certain areas on our hearts and clearly like you know god has like you said god has placed particularly central america on your heart mm. um and you know similar for me like i he's really placed um south america latin america on my heart as well um i mean off off the back of that i will yeah. i'll say a little bit more about what i did i mentioned this on the podcast before um but i was privileged enough to go out with last link um on the step team as esther said which is the short the short term uh, four or five month mission project 
Um, so I was in uh, YCAM in Peru for two months um, working with a charity called Agape, not the one that works over here, it's a small localised one that works over there, um, helping to prevent neglect and domestic violence in the community um, through workshops um, with children, with parents, um, which were all just amazing to observe really, um, and also getting involved with the local church there. Um, and then we also spent two months in Cochabamba in Bolivia, um, helping a church to build their church building um, and also getting involved in the youth group. Um, but like, again, kind of similar to what you were saying, Esther, I think it really, um, it really just wakes up this sense of the injustice um, that is around, but also just God's heart for people. Um, and it really, again, I think it really does stir this, there's, there's something that happens in your heart when you go on mission and when you um, observe those situations um, that you almost, I don't know, I don't know about you, but I, I can't really explain it. Um, but there is this shift that happens. You know what, I, do you know what I'm talking about? I can't even really put it into words. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think you become so much more aware of your own privilege, I think, and, and, that, and what you have taken for granted. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe without even realising things are, things are a luxury things are a blessing um and 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 it's just humbling and it's so good for us to then be really grateful for those things but also in terms of the voice that we we often have to to challenge things you know one thing i i didn't quite kind of clock um until you know until i'd been away was just how uh, many people just don't get access to power sometimes they don't have a local MP who whose job it is to to, to listen to us and, and then to, to represent our needs, you know, at, at the tier above them, for example, uh, and then for ministers to then raise that at a higher level. You know, we do have a system for all its flaws, and I know we, it has many flaws, but our system here in this country does give us access, actually, to people with power and people with influence. And we can ask hard questions, you know, and we can generally go and challenge things when we see an injustice. And be part of the change of that doesn't always happen but we have access to those people um and i think there's some parts uh, of the world where that system you know either has broken down or it's just not functioning well and that that voice then is not heard and the voice of the vulnerable and the oppressed and, and the marginalized are the ones who get listened to the least and so those verbs uh, those uh, sorry the verses in proverbs you know speak up uh, for those who cannot speak for themselves um you know that's not that they don't have a voice it's not that we ever speak for people but we can speak alongside people we can amplify the voice that they already have um because that's what that's what you know we're we're called to do um yeah yeah absolutely but yeah just off the back of that i think it might be really important to talk about kind of the ethics of particularly short-term mission because i think within the church within the last few years there has been this sort of like is it ethical to do short-term mission is it is it ethical to go out to places is it like white saviorism kind of vibes yeah exactly exactly like what how what do we say to that because obviously you know not everybody is able to go out on long-term mission not everybody is called to long-term mission um but people like you know like me I was called to short-term mission um but is that completely unethical you know it's a key key question uh for this time and a really good question important question to ask um the first thing I would say is I think there are obviously environmental concerns uh, 
we are very aware now of the state of the climate, the crisis that we're facing. So there's the whole question of, of travel, of air travel, particularly for a short amount of time. And I would say that, for example, Latin Link, you know, we take that very seriously and we are carbon offsetting the flights that are taken. So we're making sure that we're not impacting the environment negatively with flights that are, are taken. So that's one aspect. And there's loads more that could be said around that. Um, the other element is the white saviour complex, as it's been called, you know, stepping into a situation really not able to maybe do the job that a local person could do much better. What, what is the point of that? I mean, many people ask that question. And what I would say is for me, it's all about and for Latin Link, it's all about the transformation of the person who goes. It's about the person who goes being humble, being a learner being someone who's going to receive from, not just to give. It's about that that beautiful relationship that is that is created when people meet from different places. Mm -hmm. um, and so it, we're really aware of that in Latin Link, and that is something that we're very much, you know, talking about with, with people who go. It's something that is very much part of the orientation that they receive before they go. There is also ongoing work that they slot in with when they're in a, a placement. There's a team who are bedded in to that place. There's a national team that they come under, as you'll know, Amelia, you know, where they're not just a hit and run kind of situation. They're, they're, they're coming in under an ongoing team who have the relationship and who are partnering the local church. Um, and it often happens by invitation as well from you know the local church so it's something that is 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 actually um uh welcome it's not being imposed on on anyone it's not coming um in uh, unwanted it's very much about that partnership and that relationship and um, so there's lots more that could be said but you know certainly latin link is really grappling with all of this and and, and looking at ways to make sure that um, the relationships are are um, really honouring, mutually honouring and enriching. And of course, we bring Latin Americans over here too. So we're, yeah. we're not just one way. We've got um, amazing um, Christians coming to serve in this country. We've just down the road from where I live. I live in um, East Devon. We've got an amazing girl, um, Hakel from Brazil, who is who is serving the Portuguese speaking community in in Chard. Um, and we've got people, you know, based all around um, the country from Latin America who are serving the local church here. Uh, so again, mission is from everywhere to everywhere. We're under no illusions that it's just one way traffic anymore. That's that's long gone. Amazing. Amazing. And really interesting to hear um about because i i've not i've not done any abroad mission and there might be people also listening who are as um as naive as me um what would you say to people that are listening to this going oh my goodness should i be doing this should i just go on a mission because i'm a christian yeah absolutely not i think is the answer to that <laughs> um it's mission is something like kind of like i said earlier it, it has to be a heart thing and so you cannot force a calling onto your life like you know if you're like oh gosh um well that person went to Africa so I should really go to Africa because I you know I need to be in the same sort of like sphere as them um no absolutely not it's so important to actually hear God's calling for mission on your life um but that you know it that, that's not something you can force um you know I can't say that I have a heart for southeast asia because as much as you know i would love to see mission in southeast asia booming like i don't feel that that's my calling and so i can't say oh i'm going to go on mission there because i don't feel that god said that to me 
I think, um, you know, I, I think that sometimes it's hard for people to know where it doesn't always come as clearly as that. I, I think that sometimes people just feel a call away from where they are and they're not actually too sure where where that is they know the gifts that they've got they know what they can offer you know um they maybe practically know the kind of environment they wouldn't operate well in you know for some people extreme heat they'll just wilt and that's just not a place where it would be sensible for them to go because they know that would be really difficult for them to operate in you know and um, so, so there's a very practical considerations around mission as well um as the spiritual and i think often though amazingly those things come together um and it's not to say we're not sometimes called to go somewhere that is really tough for us to be and it can be really challenging for all sorts of reasons yeah. that we may not even be expecting you know um i mean i have to say i had my heart set um on going to zimbabwe when i was uh, 21 you know thinking about a, a gap year that's where i felt a real connection with but actually where they needed more people at the time was the Ugandan um, team. And that's where I ended up. But I hadn't had a strong, um, you know, kind of connection to Uganda. I had had a real a connection with, with Zimbabwe. But in the end, it was exactly where I was meant to be. It was, it was an amazing time. And I still have such close friends from Uganda from that time. Um, and so, you know, there are times when I think we just have to trust God leading us as well. And he, if we don't know all the answers or we don't know clearly where we're going, we just give him our yes for that next step. Uh, and it might be that the, the, the step is contacting that agency and going, I really don't know. This is me. I, I, I have a random set of gifts. I don't know if you can do anything with that. Uh, but what you may not realize is the other side, God is working. And there's there's a particular spot that just needs those gifts that you've got, the, those talents that you've got or the personality that you've got. And he does the putting together. So I would say don't be too worried if you don't feel a real strong connection with a particular place or a particular people group or whatever. But really follow God's lead, I think, each step. Mm. I love that. I love the phrase, give him your yes, give God your yes. You yeah. said it before and you said it and I'm just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do that. <laughs> and like, that's where it starts, isn't it? Like, yeah. again, that's, you know, we, we said at the start, kind of like mission, it starts with God. And then the next step is for you to say yes. Like I, there's this phrase that's often kind of, um, kind of bandied about in, in Christian circles, but I do love it. It's um, God doesn't call the equipped, he equips the called. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's just so, like, it's so key to this whole concept because it's like you don't need, you know, a huge array of talents and abilities mm -hmm. to do mission at home, and you don't need a huge array of talents and abilities to do mission abroad. Mm -hmm. Um, it's it's not like a requirement for you to be a certain standard at certain things. Mm -hmm. Um, but actually, God will give you what you need just all you have to do is say yes and trust him for the rest yeah. like you know goodness knows like like i mean like you were saying esther when you were sort of in uganda without electricity and mm -hmm. fetching water from the well like i remember in bolivia particularly our running water was really temperamental and so we were using this like huge emergency bucket which would often run out um Mm -hmm. and you know and, and things like that just you know no connection to the internet a lot of the time um which i know a lot of people will shudder at um <laughs> But, you know, it's actually things like that. Uh, it's, it's God uses them so much to grow your character as well. Um, but also, you know, people who ha have kind of home mission fields, as, you know, as we currently do, as, as three women who live in the UK, mm -hmm. this is our mission field. Mm -hmm. um, the fact that we are currently in places that we would call home does not mean that we are not called to mission in these places just because we're comfortable here, you know? What does that look like, though? 
Like, what is that? What's that? What is that for you guys? I mean, I think that's loving your neighbor, love your neighbor as you love yourself. You know, what does loving your neighbor look like? You know, I think it, it can look like a million different things, can't it? It can be picking up the phone and, and telling someone you're checking in. It can be texting. It can be calling, literally calling with someone with a cake when they're feeling ill. Um, you know, it, it could be a whole host of different things. Um, and giving that invitation to the person who's on the edge of the group, uh, seeing the people that no one else is really seeing, you know, wherever we're present, that's what we're called to love. Um, and what I think is is really lovely is Amelia, you've you've got such a heart clearly for where you are now and getting involved and getting stuck into your church and doing stuff, but you still have a heart for Latin America and that's why you're you're wanting to do this and you're still wanting to talk about it and raise awareness of it and and I think that's beautiful that you, you don't have to some people think oh that's done now you know I've had my time uh, that's it now I move back to, to the UK and, and and do stuff here actually we can continue to keep all those flames alive that passion that God's put in our heart that that can still um you know happen and inspire people yeah for sure for sure so true um, but I think actually also like what you what you said there about kind of coming home, but still having a heart for what's going on in Latin America or again, for anybody listening, wherever you have a heart for. Um, in terms of kind of sort of going back to, to mission abroad, um, supporting people who are abroad when you are at home. How do we do that? It's a really good question. Um Latin Link thinks about this an awful lot because we do have people, you know, across uh, many different countries. You know, it, it can be kind of keeping in regular contact, so regular emails, regular checking in, um, sending packages of favorite chocolate, uh, favorite things, things, things from home that might be missed. Um, it can also be when those people come back and maybe have some time at home and um, some, some home leave time. It, it can be showing interest. It can be asking the questions. It can be giving them opportunities to, to speak about what they've learnt um, and and uh, just keeping that relationship up. But it can also be sending a team out. Uh, there are beautiful relationships with some, some of Latin Link's members in Peru where, you know, churches here who, who um, have sent them and support them throughout the year have then gathered together a team and they've gone out to visit and they've spent some time together there at the project at the church and then they build relationships themselves with those people and that takes on a life of its own uh, out of that some of those uh, those people who went on the church team have then decided to go on stride which is our, our, our slightly longer term program you know between six months and two years they have felt called to go out and um, we've got a girl at the minute abby murphy in ecuador for example who is there at, but was on a, a short-term step team before that. So there's this lovely progression where I think the relationship keeps being channeled and then God does the rest. Um, it's not just sort of saying bye-bye and we'll see you in a couple of years, hope you have a great time. Um, think, but praying for them. As that's literally what I was about to say. I was like, one of the biggest and most important things we can do as Christians yeah. is like be a prayer warrior, man. Yeah. Like, um, I love, it's it's a smaller mission, but it's kind of, it's UK based. This, what the street pastors do is, a, is amazing. Mm -hmm. Like they are on the streets with people who are need need help and need love and need Jesus. And um, the lo I know a few local to me, and they also have a team who are also awake at the same time. God bless them, um, <laughs> and are praying and are just dedicated to that. And there's that that is so powerful. So oh, yeah. anyone can be can pray, even if you know yes. you don't consider yourself a, a 
a long-term Christian and you just want to give it a go, you can pray. Absolutely. Latin Link actually takes that so seriously because there's a, a prayer calendar so that every day of every month you can be praying for a different uh, member or project or church overseas. And then every week you can get e-prayer. So you've got up to date uh, prayer coming in to your inbox. Um, and so there's there's no gap in the prayer in the prayer kind of cover uh, and it's really powerful and there are amazing stories um of that actually um you know at times when particular prayer was needed or particular prayer was answered and it happened to be the time when that particular team was being prayed for in the prayer calendar and they really saw that that prayer being answered at a particular time so it is powerful and it is really the backbone of what we do at latin link very important yeah, so, I've got a question because I'm interested. Um, I I think a, a big part of when anybody's thinking about mission or going on mission or or even during is the fear factor. I'm scared. What is your guys' personal experience of how you've been able to combat that fear and any advice you can give to anyone who's experiencing sort of like crippling fear? Mm. Well, I was fear personified as a child. Um, I, I lived in a bungalow. I was afraid of walking upstairs. I mean, I was I was afraid of so much. And, and oh goodness, the stories I could tell. Uh, so I really had to go on a journey with that. Um, and I, re I read something that uh, even it came back around recently. Actually, I read it again. Um, but it said, so fear, you can see it as, so F-E-A-R, flee everything and run or face everything and rise. Ooh, and I think that's the choice we have to make. I mean, every day, don't we? Mm -hmm. You know, every day, do we flee and run or do we face it and rise with God yeah. through prayer? And I have to say, miraculously, really, for someone like me who was literally afraid of everything, I didn't want to eat fish in case I choked on the bones. Like I was bad. Problems. that you know that for that girl to be able to get on a plane I mean and go to Uganda age 21 is a miracle in itself I can't even tell you how much of a miracle that was and the adventures that God's taken me on like it is totally hilarious because I was totally that fear 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 person um, and it's been a lifelong battle you know it still is something that I would need to really pray about and, and always ha have to have God's help over certain things because it's there uh, but he has helped me overcome it so instead of me run I could easily have run away from the call to go because of my fear uh, but but I think when you face one fear and you you invite God to help you and give you the strength then it's just that little bit easier to face the next one that's yeah. definitely my experience and again it's give God your yes Amazing. Yeah. Love, that. love that I mean I, I fully agree um, I, I don't remember experiencing a huge amount of fear um, I mean, I've always been really excited to to travel um, and similar to you, Esther, when I was a little girl, I remember reading these stories of of incredible missionaries and sort of going, oh, I really, I would love that to be me one day. Um, but I, I didn't experience that that kind of fear. But I think in terms of the, the day to day, I, I knew it was going to be hard, um, didn't quite know how hard it was going to be. Um, but within the experience um we as a team found that our devotional time in the mornings was so important um and so like particularly in bolivia because it was a team of six of us and we were in very close quarters um like there was just no escape 
from each other at all. And um, but like, so we said that for half an hour every morning, we would not speak to each other, and we would just reserve that as as our quiet time. And if somebody was sat reading the Bible, you did not speak to them. Um, and so, and that actually really helped because there were days where you just go, Lord, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. like I don't want to get out of bed I just want to be at home with my family mm-hmm. and with all the kind of the comforts of home um as well but actually those prayer times in the morning help so much and like you said Esther like the more time you spend with God the less fear you you have like the more the more of it he takes mm-hmm. um and it is that it's that constant giving your fear or whatever struggles you have it's just giving it back to him and giving it back to him step by step. Amazing. Oh, well, thank you so much, guys, for sharing those pearls of wisdom. I've just been sat like lapping up all of this gold. Um, firstly, uh, Esther, thank you so much for, for coming on. Could you, um, you could you tell us how we can get involved in helping support the work that you do? Um, or, or and is there anything that you haven't said that you came here to say? Oh, goodness. I mean, I think if you are interested in finding out more, then I'd be really happy to chat with anyone who wants to. Um, uh, at the, or you can check Latin Link out on, on our website, um, latinlink.org.uk, um, and uh, go and see for yourself, you know, what, what we're up to and connect with me that way. Um, I, I just would encourage anyone who's felt something, something stirring, you know, feeling like, ooh, you know, I'm, I like to find out more about this. Maybe God is saying something to not ignore that, you know, just to explore, not ignore, um, see what the next step might be, um, find out more. And we would love to be part of that journey um, of, of chatting with you, praying with you um, and seeing where that takes you. That, that would be wonderful. Amen. And Amelia, um, what would you say to anyone to challenge anybody this week or this month in how to step out in mission a little bit bolder and a little bit braver? What I would say to people who are kind of considering mission or needing that push to step out or or whatever, um, push the door, see mm. whether it opens. There is absolutely no harm in exploring different possibilities. Again, coming back to this this thing of, of just saying yes. Mm. God can do amazing things with your yes. Mm. Um, so yeah, explore your different possibilities. Um, in the end, it is just about being open to God and and seeing where mm. He wants to take you. There's that beautiful verse in Isaiah um, that just is just here. I am. Send me. Um, not to a specific place. Not to you know this place that I really want to go. Here I am, Lord. Just send me. Okay, so this week we are recommending recipes for you know food because we love food. Can I get an amen, ladies? Amen. Thank you. Okay, so we'll start with our wonderful and beautiful guest, Esther. Would you like to tell us what recipe you're recommending? Yeah, so this is a creamy haddock pie. Ooh. Do you know how much detail do you want? So you need a bit of smoked haddock, but you can mix it with a bit of fish pie mix. If you if you don't have time to do the chopping, mm. have a pre-chopped mix. Uh, you add in a bit of creme fraiche, uh, a bit of some tomatoes, um, loads of basil, a bit of pepper, single cream. It's not the healthiest. It's really not a very healthy um, recipe. But it's delicious. <laughs> and then tons of any types of cheese you want on the top, and 
stick it in the oven for around 40 minutes and it is really really good oh heck put it with a mash bit of a mustard mash Ooh, and some greens and it's really really nice i really feel like oh. i should have eaten before we did this because now I'm <laughs> <laughs> Um, Esther, where can we can we find this recipe, or is it just something that you have in your brain? <laughs> it was in a Faye Ripley recipe book that was given to me about fifteen years ago. Okay. Um, yeah, so Faye Ripley is an actress. Yeah, she's I'm amazing. Sure if you look it up online, it was one of her creations. Oh, yeah. wow! Actress slash chef, fabulous. Yeah, amazing. Um, Amelia, what? What recipe are you um, going to make us hungry with? Well, so I had a few like things going around in my head, but I thought maybe to sort of stick with the with the theme of the podcast, <laughs> a recipe from my time in Peru would be appropriate. Um, it's uh, it's super super easy. Um, it's called lomo saltado. Can you say that again? Um, just just say it again. Lomo saltado. And again. Lomo saltado. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, it is just strips of um, beef, potato, peppers, tomato, um, all sort of like fried up with a bit of soy sauce and spices. Um, mm. And you also serve it with white rice. And it is just beautiful. Nice. Absolutely beautiful. You don't want the Peruvians to know what they're doing with their food. Um, mm. So good. Tanya, what is your recipe recommendation for Okay, us? my re- recipe recommendation, I have so many. and I, But this one is kind of like my cheat posh meal so it's like if you want to impress people but you don't want to be bothered to do hours and hours of work stay tuned um so this is called i i don't know what it's called i think it's called one pan basil halloumi chicken um it doesn't have a fancy but it's and and i came across the recipe by do you remember when like tasty videos were like a thing on facebook they were really popular um which was just like somebody showing you quickly how to make something well it's it's from there and then i've kind of adapted it and so it's literally chicken um with like a basil sauce and halloumi on top shoved in the oven and then you make a lovely kind of greeny basily citrusy uh sauce to drizzle over the top um, and then I usually do it with like uh, root vegetables, however I want to do them or whatever veggies um, is seasonal. Um, and yeah, and then you put it out, serve it nicely with a little garnish and people think they've had a really fancy meal. But in reality, <laughs> you just chop stuff up, put it in the oven and wait. Yeah. It. Anything oh. with halloumi in it has my vote. Me lovely, too. lovely. Yeah, Me too. so, so oh. good. Oh man, this has been so much fun. Esther, thank Very you good. so much coming on the podcast it's been such a delight to have thank you you. Um, thank you for having me oh it's been so great yeah guys we really hope you've enjoyed this episode um again esther it's been such a pleasure if you would like to find out more about the work that last and link does i will put last and link's website link um in the description for this um and also some links to kind of ethical volunteering abroad um and how you can get involved with mission or you can contact us um and we will be so happy to chat with you more about it if you would like to get in contact with Esther specifically, um, her very kind offer to chat with people who are interested in mission, um, then please contact us um, and we will give you her contact information. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.